Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Won't back down. With Will Levinson, Jake Lehman, and Sam Potosa. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Won't Back Down podcast. Today is November 11th, Veterans Day, and we're entering week 11 of the college football season as the Gators take on Sanford this coming Saturday. And Riveting, riveting game. Just has, can't wait for it. The Gator Nation collectively rejoiced on Sunday night as Dan Mullen finally grew a pair and fired Todd Grantham and John Hevesy. About nine months too late, guys. I, 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 I'm not. Happy. I don't really know what this is gonna do. And I've been. I said this on the pod a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, they announced Christian Robinson as the interim defensive coordinator. I said, why wouldn't you just fire Grantham earlier in the season and give C. Rob an extended tryout? Now you're only giving him three games. If this was your plan all along, why'd you wait? I don't know about the rest of you, Gator Nation, but this does nothing for me. Yeah, I'm happy Grantham and Hevesy are gone, but these are moves and adjustments that should have been made the post-2020 season when we had a national championship-capable roster and we had four losses. What did you think was going to happen, guys? I mean, absolutely. I mean, this was long overdue, of course. It should have happened quite a while ago after Florida. Florida's defense maybe had the worst year in college football history, dare I say, last year. Not college football history. They, at least they, at least anything that they were ranked in the 90s. I can find the exact ranking, but I know for a fact <laughs> the they were ranked defense. in the 90s. I mean, it like, felt, certainly felt like it, the way that... I mean, I mean really, well, in 2020, everyone's defense. It, it was season, one of the worst defenses in school history. For Not, sure. Yeah. Right. Well, here, well, here's this statistic that I gave uh, on the sports segment yesterday for WFT News. This was riveting. This was riveting. So, yeah. uh, the last three games, the Florida Gators gave up a combined 123 points. That is the second most in the last 100 years in program history. You know what the most is? The last three weeks of last season, 144 points given up. So both of those stretches. Hey, Dan Mullen's stretches, breaking records at UF like he said he was going to. There you go. And, and really, it's... Backing uh, up the points. Just it's the Gator standard. other team. It, it, and that is the Gator. And that is, the, like, it. I just I hate the term, the Gator oh. standard. It's just, it's so... You know what this move screams to me? It's like someone who says they're going on a diet, so they cut out all junk food of their life. and But secretly, they just found another way to consume junk food, and they're going to find an even crappier version of what they were eating before. And that's what's, gonna, what's probably going to happen with the defensive coordinator. I hope it doesn't happen, but... 
It, like, there seem to be some good like options. There's fat free Lay's potato chips. I really that, like, just absolutely eat your insides up. Yeah, like, like, you, like you eat Sour food. Patch yeah. Kids because it says fat free food, sugar free candy. It doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, like, I really hope C Rob does a good job and proves himself and goes and the out there and goes out there and shows himself and goes. Go, I want him to go get him. Get him because get I don't think he's not going to be here next year. That's what I'm saying. I want him to go get himself a job. Right. Yeah, absolutely. What I'm out of Georgia as a GA with the intention of grooming him into this exact role one day. What I'm worried about is that's what happens and that he becomes the full. Is the Todd DJ. Grantham prodigy? Because I don't think that he's not. A I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think C Rob's <laughs> ready for that. No, I think we need someone with play calling experience. I think what he, he could needs, have been ready had you he, given him a half season trial, like I was saying. Potentially. But what, he needs, yeah. what he needs to do, he needs to go to a either a group of five team or a lower level power five team and become a DC there. Yeah. Or I hate to say it, but go back and, and work under either Kirby or Saban. Oh, yeah, or that too. Yeah, exactly. Go back to Georgia, go back to Bama and be an assistant. DC assistant head coach. Well, he played like that. at Georgia. The ties there are obvious. And Dan Lanning is certainly going to be considered for head coaching jobs post this yeah, season. Yeah, Dan Lanning's so. not. Uh, no, we're certainly not getting Dan Lanning from Georgia as a defensive coordinator. But what about um, one of their assistants, Glenn Schumann? I know he's one name that some Gator fans want. Uh, young, hungry, you know, certainly has done work on the recruiting trail. And so w- w- what are some other names that you guys think? I really For me, the, you know, the young, and I'll get to a couple more names later, but I think young and, you know, like like C-Rob, he's, you know, obviously has a good connection with the players. He's recruited some good guys here. Whether he's developed them or not, it's a different story. But I think someone who's young, hungry, looking to, you know, move on up rather than a, a retread, a long-time D coordinator like Grantham was when he got here. Uh, for me, I think that's part of the criteria of who I would. I would say one of my top options right now is Doug Belk, the young defensive coordinator yeah, that's another name. for the Houston Cougars. Uh-huh. He was the defensive backs coach for West Virginia. Then from there, he got he went to Houston with Dana Holgerson, where he was promoted to defensive coordinator after Holgerson dismissed defensive coordinator Joe Calton. He was promoted. The Cougars have a top 10 defense nationally in 2021. He was targeted by Kirby Smart and Steve Sarkeesian at Georgia and Texas, respectively. Now, neither of them wanted him to be the defensive coordinator, per se, but they certainly saw the potential. I think this would maybe be a good move for the Florida Gators. He has ties to the Southeast. He was, he grew up in Valdosta, Georgia, played for Valdosta State. I, he also served under Nick Saban as a cornerbacks coach. So I think this would actually be a really strong option for the Florida Gators. And I agree entirely, but I think that going with it with a young guy that's has not really proven himself yet but wants to prove himself and is hungry to do so and wants to get to work on the recruiting trail is certainly a good option but a few guys I spoke about on the show yesterday for WFT News and a few th- a few things that I've looked at has certainly been a guy a few guys that are veteran guys the guys who've been there before know what to do and they have their proper schemes and I, I, I know I talked a little about Kevin Steele and he is has got over 40 years of coaching defense and he's was really good at Auburn a couple of years ago, was the interim head coach of Tennessee last year after Pruitt went, went went away. And I think that certainly if you want somebody with experience, few have the experience that Kevin Steele does have. But also two more that I look at is maybe bring back Jeff Collins of Georgia Tech if he gets fired. Oh, that I, would be so unfair if Georgia Tech fired him, man. It would be unfair. I thought he's done a tremendous job at Georgia Tech. I think he's a great I mean, head coach. Yeah, I think all he's, his players and were he's, recruited to run that triple option. So you, he's one who I think has to get a couple more years. I agree play. entirely, but you never know. And if if for whatever reason Collins does get fired and he becomes available, I would want I would love to bring him I back. I think that'd be Gainesville. a home run because, again, Absolutely. you know, he, he – was already successful here. Right, in he's this been here. We know, you know, he's. Yeah, he would. And be imagine a repeat, imagine not, not how good. I mean, remember how Charlie good Sean, the like defenses were. He's 
young. How enough. good yeah. our defense was! They were phenomenal, incredible. Yeah, granted, it was phenomenal. a lot of Shams players. They but carried I, us to the SEC championship two years. Correct, in a, row. a lot of Muschamp's players, but I think Collins. He still brought in some really good recruiting class on the defensive side, 2015, 2016. Yeah, definitely. And I think that he is a, very, a pretty solid recruiter that has been here before, has ties to Florida, of course, being and in Georgia. State. Has, he was a coach under Dan. Correct. He has worked under Dan before, so there's a little bit of familiarity there. So I think if yeah. Collins does get fired, he would be a great option. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, just bringing, being able to bring back the top 10 defenses that Florida had back in the days. If you That's one of those things where it's like if you could keep Dan, you could keep Dan Mullen, and I could be okay with the future of this program if you get a D.C. like Jeff Collins exactly, that I can, that that I can trust. superstar defensive coordinator. Exactly. Or yeah, and he's looking exactly. Exactly. If, if we're going back on retreads, how about D.J. Durkin? I wow. understand he had that whole controversial Derek. ending at Maryland, but he's been at Ole Miss right now. Players Clearly players enjoy playing for him. Yeah. I, I think D.J. Durkin must be a guy that you have to take a look at, especially considering – Let's just say things go awry these last three games. Dan Mullen's gone after the season. Lane. It's very possible Lane Kiffin could be taking his talents to the swamp and bringing a guy like DJ Durkin Absolutely, with him. Absolutely, yeah. So I think Durkin's a name that you have to consider. Mm-hmm. But a few other retreads that we should talk about. Marquen Manuel, that is a guy that has resurfaced constantly every time Florida has a defensive coordinator opening. He was, of course, the longtime defensive coordinator for the – not longtime, but he was the defensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons under Dan Quinn when they went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. However, except for minus that one year they went to the Super Bowl, I believe the Dolph- the Falcons always had underwhelming defenses. Yeah. And especially seeing <laughs> the Falcons post at Super Bowl, I certainly don't want Marquand Manuel, especially considering he has no college football experience, meaning he has <laughs> never been on a recruiting trail once in his life. The only tie he has is that he was an all-SEC safety in Florida, which is a pretty strong tie. But if we handed out coaching offers to every single former player, this program would be nowhere. So I think yeah. Marquand Manuel will be an option, but that wouldn't be my preferred option. Other guys being talked about. Wesley McGriff, of course, our current defensive backs coach. He is a yeah. SEC defensive coordinator. Talk to Ole Miss Good fans recruiter. about him, though. But, again, wouldn't be my first choice. Right. They were historically bad on defense when he was calling the plays. However, keeping him around as safeties coach, I think, would, would not be the worst idea. Yeah, definitely. And once upon a time, maybe if Mullen actually made the right decision and did this last year, we could have gotten Dan Quinn. To be hmm. reunited as the Florida defensive man, Dan Quinn. Whoa. That I mean, we'd have to pay him a lot, but he's Losing one guy three who games at the end of money the season shouldn't be an issue for combined this How many points? One hundred and forty points wasn't was enough to fire Grantham. Yeah. So, well, did you guys see that quote by Mullen where well, they were talking said, about like if you were to go back and you were to do it again, would you mm, fire Grantham? And have he said no regrets. He said no regrets. Like. I'm loyal. People like working for me. Ugh. That just, I don't know about Ugh. you guys, but shivers the, down my the spot. one place Not that Not quote good. took my mind to was the scene from The Office where Michael Scott has the you miss 100% of the shots you never take quote from Wayne Gretzky right. on the board. Dash Michael Scott. That just sounded something straight out of Michael Scott. Yeah, mouth. it did. Yeah, one more name. Well, yeah, well, it did. Well, it did. Uh, very Michael Scott esque. People love working for oh, me. I love working for I don't regret it. It just seemed like a straight Michael Scott quote. It's very, very just. Egocentric of him yeah. to say. Oh, well. Egoless Dan. Let's see how it works out. <laughs> new Dan, as I've dubbed new, him. We'll he's, see if he's a new Dan. New Dan is a new man, after all. But uh, yeah, you guys covered a lot of the big names. One name that absolutely nobody is talking about, but I, I wouldn't be shocked. Again, he's a young guy. His name's Tem Lukabu, born in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. He's the 40 year old defensive coordinator of the Boston College Eagles who they've had quite the turnaround on defense. He's been able to work under a defensive mastermind in Jeff Halfley. Um, I love Jeff Halfley. Lakabu and a couple of his defensive assistants have been able to recruit at a level that you don't see at Boston College really ever. Um, and Lukabu, he was the linebackers coach. Um, or no, never mind. He, that was 
after Mullen. But no, I, I mean, I like what Boston College has done on defense. And another one of his assistants, the D backs coach. His first name is Tem? Tem Lukabi. He's from the Congo. He's defense Tem. coordinator. BC has done a great job. And one of his assistants, their secondary coach, Azar Abdul Rahim, is one of those names that's popped up on a lot of um, hot young coordinator lists. They were able to flip. Uh, that kid Clinton Burton Jr. from Florida. He was like a, you know, if you, you guys remember him. He was high yeah. four-star type of kid who never you'd think in a million years would flip from Florida to BC, but uh, Lukabu and his staff Boston's was able to get him. Place. So I think he's one guy who, again, hasn't been talked about, but should be. And I actually, I want to add in hmm. one more name here. He's speaking of retreads and guys who are defensive backs coaches. Javarius Robinson. T-Rob. I forgot T-Rob. about him, too. Long time. Yeah. Lead recruiter for Will Muschamp's Florida Gators. Of course, we know the recruiting successes Muschamp had while he was at the University of Florida. He served as the defensive coordinator under Muschamp at South Carolina, and they actually got some dogs on their defense. Jordan Burst, Zach Pickens. Um, they had that guy, what was his name? Ishmael. What was the, the, the defensive? He, oh, he Ish- recruited. Uh, Mukuma, yeah, J. I mean, C. he Horn. got J.C. Horn. He yeah, got J.C. Horn. I, I, mean, I think if you're talking about guys who have familiarity with the SEC, familiarity with the program, familiarity with recruiting the Southeast, T-Rob has to be one of your top options. T-Rob, definitely. When we hired yeah, him last year, the number one thing I wanted to do was hire T-Rob as our defensive backs coach and make him co-defensive coordinators with Todd Grantham. I think this would be a I agree entirely. He, he, I, there, is few, there are a few guys that have recruited defensive backs as well as T-Rob in the Burn last Hargraves, decade. Jalen I mean, Tabor, oh, Quincy right Wilson. down the line. You can look Keep at going. the— Brian Poole. It is un— Keanu Neal, it is just right Marcus down May. the line. These are all NFL players. All NFL successful players. J.C. Eds. And he got to work under champ, too. So he he, did, he, did, he just saw a you know, passionate, fiery guy. Yeah, I, guess we kinda, I guess we kind of well, have to address this. One, I mean, Is I was, there any chance huh? must champ comes back as defensive no, coordinator? No, no, no. no, 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 I, no. I, if you're talking really a failed head coaches, though, I, uh, one like scenario that I've been pointing toward all season uh, for you know our, our D coordinator vacancy if Manny gets fired yes. from yes. Miami, he worked under Mullen previously. Was going to mention. He's got him. quite the staff on defense there, at least recruiting wise. He's got would T-Rob. bring them over. He's got Demarcus Van Dyke, who's an up and coming stud. He's got that guy, Frame Band. Yeah, who yeah, seems point. to just have recruited every good player to Miami. So, like Manny Diaz may not be an A plus defensive coordinator, but if we were able to Recruiting. bring him and that Miami defensive staff here, I think it'd be. It's a very good a point. Best case scenario. It's a very good point. If you bring that staff over, including T. Rob with Manny Diaz, and you know make T. Rob and a little assistant, assistant DT DC with Manny, and then I mean think about the ties they have to the South to Miami. Miami. We would finally recruit. We would finally Dave be able to recruit Broward Broward County. County again. Well, exactly. We, those, which is those, what we have to do. We have to do the Exactly. Exactly. We got we got to head down to Miami Central. Booker T. I want to get some of these. Nor- Miami Norland. Miami you know Northwestern. Who these are these. Antonio Callaway played at Booker yes, T with Tryon Harris. Yes, they played there together. Wow, they did. Absolutely. Have a Boynton Beach High School, Lamar Jackson. Boynton Beach, uh, yeah. yeah. He's making well, his return to South Florida tonight. Yeah, but know, uh, Park uh, Vista. Yes, he we, did. We, we, we have some players. Wow, there you go. Well, A.T. Perry at Wake Forest. Th- there are just Cobras. Trey Mason. Trey Mason, yeah. It's just so many guys from the South Florida area that just aren't making their way to Gainesville enough. No. And, it's, and it's, 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 it hurts to see it because oh, we, we, got two we did that. We did that. I was a Boca prospect, made my way up to Gainesville, so, you know, they recruited me pretty well. Zach Galpern is another name that should be thrown around in the defensive Zach coordinator. On the hunt. Apparently he was hired. I've never Twitter seen account. a more tenacious recruiter. Yeah, he is on the Zach hunt. Galpern. Hashtag time the hunt. On the hunt. Hashtag on the hunt. <laughs> Oh, he man. is hunting. So, for now, all we could really do is speculate about what the Gators will do with defensive coordinator. 
But I think even more surprising than the Grantham firing was the Hevesy firing, considering how close Mullen and Hevesy's careers have been tied together. It's I mean, Hevesy, Hevesy has been with Mullen since his time in Florida. No, 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 no. I'll tell you what it was. No, two thousand. They were together, together at Bowling Green. Bowling Green. Then they went to Utah together. Then they went to Florida together. Then they went to Mississippi State together, and now they're back at Florida. That is unreal. Twenty years of being together. They're like, they're like, it's like a, t- they're like together. It's like, it's like it's one of those things where you're at the playground, and it's like, no, we we have to like you you draft me, you draft the other one. Like they have been Battery together. Back. Like a battery pack when you're playing. Hey, literally, it's like, it's we, like we, Chris Farley and David Spade. Yeah, they are. In, it's amazing. They are just. And then now, Jamar Chase and Joe. It honestly, must have. Been, I mean, you think about it, just from a, a human standpoint. Like I get, it is a business and it is about success, and I'm not making an excuse. But from a human standpoint, it must have been very difficult for Dan to let go of one of his closest confidants. And what's so fascinating that Hevesy actually did unfollow Dan Mullen on social media, making it public that he's unhappy. And then also probably doesn't talk to him anymore. No, I'm, I'm sipping Which my is, tea. That is some major. That tea, is some tea. That is some tea. Say. We've got we've got some gossip. Yeah. Can make a show about this. There's a lot Strick. of drama going down. A lot of series. drama. A lot of drama. I don't I like mean, drama. Between them, Strickland, Kent Fox, and the new floor, Gainesville's become almost a soap opera. And that's why I kind of just a lot of me just kind of wishes we could just clean house entirely. Just kind of get everybody just, out the out the door. Let's kind of restart. Let's hit just, the reset button. We can still let's, salvage let's, a good season next year with a good coach. Uh, well, well, as a good head coach? Yeah, as a good head Well, I just, I don't see a scenario unless we lose the next three games that Dan Mullen is gone. I don't see one. I think if he loses either this game or FSU, I think, I think he'll. Be I think he has to lose all three. I, I disagree. No, I think, I think I, one more. I, I, think, I think six and six. I think Missouri, the Missouri loss might not be bad enough to fire him, but a loss to Samford or FSU, that is a fireable offense. And I understand Will Muschamp was a fire. Well, if we lose to Sanford, we're not, we're not going to win the next two games. We're, we're, we're going to go 0 and 3 if we lose to Sanford. Yeah, yeah. Although Sanford's got a pretty good quarterback. But I think a loss to They, do. they have a great air like attack. Draft, I, uh, so I, I want to talk about diamonds. this from. I know we, yeah, Sanford, no one really wants to talk I, about I Sanford. I know this from listening to WRUF. That, exactly. That, that, so <laughs> I, I was producing that show when yeah. we had Chris what Hatcher. Zach Cohen Chris Hatcher. Or yeah. Zach Cohen called on that show. Uh, Chris Hatcher was Cohen on in. his Twitter account. Cohen called in. It was, it was, it was, it was a funny thing. <laughs> he called Jeff. Jeff called Jeff uh, Brome. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff he Brome. Called, Cohen called into Zach Cohen called into talking uh, about the Purdue head coach. Called Jeff on to yeah WRUFs. Okay, Steve we forgive we forgive you, Zach. Steve Spurrier show, and he called Jeff Brom. Jeff Brom. But that that was interesting because there was a lot of callers that day as I was producing that show. A lot of people called in and wanted to talk about Jeff Brom. And kind of discuss oh, so random, so random. And I mean, then they all did of a sudden, just be on, Michigan State. Then on they Twitter, about Jeff Brom. Yeah, and then on Twitter, Big Ten Twitter found out about it that Gainesville's talking about Jeff Brom. It's so funny how you Twitter know, works. Now, now you're a Purdue fan, and you're and you're just at work in whatever. Like been floating around in, in Indiana. I, I like. Jeff and now Brom, you're on your phone, and you're thinking, oh, I like crap. Jeff Brom, but he's they had want he's Brom had like mild to good success at Purdue. He is a top five coach in the country when he is coaching a. Overrated Big Ten team ranked in the top five, like, which sounds, yeah. just sounds sort of like. <laughs> I mean, yeah. well, yeah, when he plays a game you're not supposed to win, and he plays pretty well, it good for like one per year. Kind of yeah. sounds like Dan Mullen. Kind of sounds like he'd have the same well, problem. Well, actually wins the games though. Dan well, Mullen's right. really good at, at almost, almost winning, winning the games, games. but convincing you there's no way they're not going to lose this game, and then correct. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. so I, anyway, we could do better than Jeff Brown, but as so anyway, well, so that would be upsetting. Uh, yeah. Mike Gundy's another one that gets thrown around a little bit, and it's like another, Mike Gundy's. Mike Gundy wouldn't do anything better. He is. He's and he's not. He's only. Still Kiffin. Honor. No, 
No. He's not getting out of there. We need to do. Anyway, so I, anyway. On, on Steve's show, we had um, Chris Hatcher, who's got his Twitter account. His Twitter name is Hatch Attack. It's pretty cool for a coach. That's Certainly, cool. he, he is one of the more interesting voices I've heard. Kind of reminds me of like it's like it's like high, it's like high pitched Southern. So it just it kind of sounds kind of sounds like, like a, a Southern mouse. I don't know. It's that's just, awesome. Yeah, it's actually really cool. I'll Do definitely you have any comparison? Like I'd love to. I, I have to listen to it again. Uh, maybe I'll play it if I can. I'll find the interview quickly. Like a, like a Patrick Mahomes? No, no, not a Mahomes. Not Mahomes really. Is sort of more Kermit the Frog. I will find this interview and then I will. Um, Chris Hatcher. It's pretty fun. Anyway, so Chris Hatcher comes onto the show. And he was just kind of like, I know, like, there's no spread for this game, I assume, but like, no, there isn't. I tried to find it. Obviously, we're we're playing a FCS school. We should obliterate them. And I always wonder, like, what are these FCS coaches when they play a big school? What do they think? Like, if we were like normal Florida, normal, usually how Florida is, and are in the top fifteen and the top ten, whatever it is, and a really good team, and an FCS school comes here, you, I, I'd imagine the FCS coach isn't expecting much. But I'm thinking, like, if you're an FCS coach and you're watching Florida get obliterated by South Carolina, isn't there something in you that's, that, that says to your team or wants you to believe to your team that, hey, we could legitimately do this? He didn't, like, he didn't act like that in the, in, the, in the interview. He was like, you know, I hope, hope we go out there and make it a close game. He, like, said that. Maybe, yeah, maybe which it's was a little reverse psychology. Maybe. Georgia but Southern's done it without completing a pass. So, I mean, it, anything's possible, right? Yeah, it just kind of like surprised me. I thought he would be a little more. I, I'm gonna, I want to find his voice. Um, one minute here, but anyway. So yeah, no, he was a pretty interesting interview. I bet. Yeah, I like how we do that here. Interview the opposing coach. Yeah, Steve does. Do that does a really good job getting mm-hmm. that on. Um. Okay. Anxiously awaiting this voice. Oh, I gotta find it in the show. Called him on a. Uh, Can't yeah. we just Google like Chris Hatcher press conference? You know, you probably could, but I, I'm going to do it this way because okay. I know exactly where it is. Silence on the pod. That is fantastic. Play with great effort and, um, and, you know, hopefully it'll show on Saturday. You know, we're on Saturday. <laughs> just, That's great. Yeah. Anyway, he was head coach at Murray State. Uh, for quite some time, and actually, I had to do some research uh, for the UAA to, for for Dan Mullen because they don't really do a lot of research on Stanford. So I had to do just some deep dives in all their in- entire coaching staff and all where all they're from, and they're almost their entire coaching staff is from Murray State. Brought along all of them, so hmm. Murray State was they won multiple championship D two champion. They're one of the most successful D two football D2, interesting programs so I know in the country. D one in basketball, obviously. got a pretty successful basketball. Yeah, yeah. but their D, their yeah, football job. team has been really good the last couple of years in D two, and cool. then Hatcher and his whole coaching staff were almost pretty much promoted to Sanford, and that's where they are now over in Birmingham. So they got a pretty good passing offense. I momentarily forgot their quarterback. Their quarterback had a really good quarterback name. I remember. I also forgot it, but what is it like? Chuck Skylark? No, it was like Wes Liam Welch. That was a good quarterback name. Yeah, Lee Much, he was uh, the uh, Southern Cop SoCon uh, Player of the Year last year hmm. at, a, at the quarterback position. He's a, he's, a, he's a super senior. Offset? He's a super senior. He's got the experience. They have one of the best air oh, attacks. In the, their running game is not good. Don't expect them to run the ball at all. They have yeah. a great passing attack, Anyone and I expect them. <laughs> I expect them to be able to throw on us. It's gonna feel but if weird, you're Stanford, if, if to you're not Stan- be able to say, "Oh, well, Todd Grantham's gonna make him look good." Can't say that anymore. Can't say that anymore. Exactly. I almost C-Rob. just did C-Rob, it, and I caught myself. Yeah, that's it. Is interesting. I, 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 I'm, I'm really so curious to, to see that. just how the defense do. They look 
more out of position. Well, he said he's going to simplify the it, same which I think is something that we've needed for a while. So right, no, you, you should simplify it. Yeah. Well, does it look any different schematically? Is there more blitz calls, less blitz calls? Know. How does C-Rob call the game differently? Well, is he calling play? Well, who's the... No, he is. He is. At first, is... everyone assumed it would be McGriff because he's the only guy who had done it right. before, but it, it, ah. Mullen actually did give the nod to C-Rob. I've been saying for weeks it's going to be C-Rob. You might as well. Yeah. I've been saying for weeks. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm curious just to see... Are you guys going to the game? Uh, I'm working the game. I will be in the press box. Absolutely. I'll be I, there. I don't know if I'm going to be it's there. A, it's a front rower. Like, I'll, you, you'll be able to go to the front row. No one's going to be there. But I don't know. I really, yeah. I don't like, know physically if I'm going to be able to go to that most, one. I'm not planning on making it. This there. is the, this really is Georgia Southern 2017 or not? Or not 2017? Georgia Southern 2013. 2013. Which I was in attendance. Yeah, because we actually weren't we coming off a loss before the Georgia yes. Southern game to South yes. Carolina. We were yes. coming off like yes. a yes. lot of losses. That was when Skyler Morton's like started against right. South Carolina. And yes, yes. And I'm that, sure yeah. that people in Gainesville kind of had the same thought process then as now, which is like, okay, we suck. It's we're terrible. But we have a chance to get a win against a bad team, and we couldn't even beat Georgia Southern. I mean, why the, do we the, think we can beat Sanford? Like well, in reality, like the, I'll tell you why. There's the difference. That team was quarterbacked by Skyler Mornawig, whereas this team will be quarterbacked by Anthony Richardson. Richardson's going to put on a show. That is that is a big difference when Anthony Richardson. Drive yeah. yeah. me to the yeah. game. Richardson is going to ball out. Because He's going to put on a performance we haven't seen because since he like, is the just, second game of the year. Because exactly because when at the end of the day. Anthony Richardson is one of the most supremely athletic athletes we have in this country, in this nation. And he is going to absolutely, he will out-athlete you. When it comes down to it, you can't quantify, you can't qualify. You, you, it's just, when you're a better athlete, you're just a better athlete, and that's going to show. It just will show. Based on what we've seen so far this season, I would argue there's no greater spectacle in college football than Anthony Richardson against inferior talent. Oh, Just based I, I on what we saw in a limited sample against the value. I mean, we really haven't seen He's Caleb a different Williams level of human being than, than yeah, these kids. The plays that he can is able to make just don't make physical sense. I, he's going to do some kind of hurdle. I want, I want, I, I, all, all I'm looking you for from this game. think he'll dance mid-play? A little TikTok dance mid-play? I could see I would love to see. I'll have his knee I, My up, goal so for the game, you know, mess my it goal up for the game, I don't care how much we win by, how much we lose, but I don't care. Well, I, I obviously hope we don't lose, but I want to see Anthony Richardson make a play that is sports center worthy. That's what I want to see so sports center posted saying, on Twitter. That's what I want to see. I've been saying all year, I don't know, I'm sure you guys have, but for all of our listeners out there, I don't know if you've ever watched Anthony Richardson's high school tape, but for the first two or three years of his career, Eastside he played him. receiver at Eastside. Yeah. So Eastside my prediction all year, one of my bold predictions, has been before the season ends, Anthony Richardson is going to moss someone. Oh. They're going to line him up as a receiver, they have, have every throw him a lob, and he is going to moss someone. I think Just this is the it. game that happens. I really hope it is. I wish I could take like a prop bet for that. Just what do you think the line on that would be? like? Plus 1250? Probably not even imaginable. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. A lot. But, yeah, and, and just the whole friendship um, that Emery and AR have, right? It'd be cool if they got to do it. Have, cool. a, have yeah. a connection, you know? It'd be I, I, w- I wish I that Dan we could just, like, have time. an entire drive. An entire drive where they're drive. both there. You remember we did it for one play against Georgia, and we all freaked like, out. I, at that point, like, why not try it? Like, there's all, the defense has a lot to worry about because they both can run. They both can throw. And with and Littimore said, on the field, Anthony too, you have probably, three guys who can throw a football. That's crazy. Imagine a play you know, Whittemore where you have on Emory one side and Anthony, on the other. and then literally Trent Whittemore throws best. What if that happened? That is like one like of the, the old weirdest. Cruel. 
phenomenons of Lucas Cruel is still playing on Pittsburgh. He's like a, a cruel or cruel? One of the cruel, better tight ends in the ACC. Yeah, he is yeah. good at Pitt. Good yeah. for him, man. I'm happy yeah, for, for him. He knew it was good. He was never playing over Kyle Pitts. No. He de- like, imagine being in the same position room as Kyle Pitts and be like, oh, you think I got a shot to be the number one tight end here? I, you <laughs> know, speaking, speaking of that, I'm disappointed in our tight ends. Yeah, me too. I, Keon I Zipper was going to be good. He was. Well, he still he can was, be. He was, what is he? The number two rated tight end coming out of Lakeland part of High that School. Huge Lakeland grab. We had none of them have done anything. Yeah, Lloyd, Lloyd Summerall. Summerall is he even on the team anymore? I know yes, he is. He's I a special team player. One, Devai Devai he actually, Hammond, Lloyd did, Summerall had a sack against Vanderbilt. I know Devai Hammond Hammond started had to go to college, but did he make his way to he Florida? Not. Well, actually, I guess it would have happened by now. No. Um, and then Fenley Graham is the other one who we recruited oh, that's solely. He had no tape other than returning uh, kicks. Do you know that? Fenley Graham is like actually one of the top he, people he got, that people call into the Steve Russell show to complain he about. He got it's a scholarship so <laughs> solely to return <laughs> kicks, and he hasn't returned one. Like so That's many. Damn it. He wears number Give 38. So many people who just like monitor 247 call in to the Steve Russell show, and they're like, where's Fenley Graham? <laughs> <laughs> they do complain about Fenley I mean, they're Graham right, though, because if you're going to give a kid a scholarship for one purpose, and it's his third year on campus, and you haven't even let him do it yet. or Third year on campus. No, 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 second. He was a 2020 kid. He was in the Bowman class, right? He right, was 2020. Like, he was we really, really required. We, we had Jamarcus Weston returning over him, like returning yeah, kicks. Yeah, Jamarcus Weston is a big body <laughs> possession Mark receiver. Yeah, Jamarcus Weston way. is like Justin Shorter. Yeah. Why is we he We haven't really kicks? talked about the South Carolina game, and I don't really want to talk about it, but probably like the lone bright spot I saw was Marcus Burke. Marcus Burke. Oh, I did want to mention that. That was yes. one hell of a. He almost had another great catch. That was a great grab. Yeah, but he, he, that, the one that was also it looked like his high school also, tape, which was also phenomenal. one of the best throws of Emory's career. Yeah, yeah. Emory I mean, put just, that one right. And the second one he put right on the money too is just I, you can see the inexperience. It's there almost like Emory, when you ask him to throw it more than thirty yards down the field, all of a sudden is like deadly accurate. He's, it's he's kind of yeah, insane yeah, yeah. how that he works. Actually, his deep in the intermediate range, he's, he's, just, really he's not great. But well, that that's a phenomenal concept for both of me and Big Wolves football teams. But he drops it. In, it. It's just. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. am Throwing I wrong the ball to, deep to just say that exist. he drops it in a bucket <clears throat> on, on more often? Yeah, than yeah, he does. He has, he has good touch on the ball. Speaking of which, I think I just think Anthony has the better capability to get it down the field. I think absolutely. You could you could honestly put in the argument that Emery might have more touch. Well, I think I think I mean from a as a football fan, as a Dolphins and, and, and Gator fan, I think there has only been one time this entire season from both teams that we've seen an actual long deep pass completed for a touch. Like Jacob yeah, the Copeland. Seahawks do that all the time. Like there's like teams like Bama, like teams that can just do that consistently, and it's so was crazy it the to me. Copeland seventy yard Copeland's, pass, yeah, seven yard pass, which was, which was AR's from first AR. pass of the game against oh, wow. USF. Yeah, it was. That was fun, man. That game was fun. That was Good fun. Was and then we started fun. a football podcast, and the team went downhill. So it is amazing how this th- it has just crumbled to the ground since this podcast began. Which was it? This part was it? The week in between Tennessee, Tennessee and, and Bama, with Bama and Tennessee. I think that after that Tennessee game might have been the pinnacle of the year. And I think at that point, and it was crazy because people it's were complaining great win. Tennessee's about that offense game. Has been phenomenal. This people season, were complaining that game. about that game. What a game by Todd Grantham. Yeah. Probably, that was probably, oh, yeah. That yeah. was that was probably his best game of the last two years. And then Hooker's made made uh, Mal Kuyper's big board. Right, no, since and, that and game, and he did nothing against us. He had that one. We long had one, It was a coverage bust, which right. was a, a, a exactly. Grantham special. But yeah, I mean, our our defense really shut him down in the second half. Well, the name of the podcast has become pretty fitting, considering how terrible the season is, and we're still in here every week. Pushing out content. We, we refuse. We won't back We refuse to back, to back down. down. The, the Gators, we refuse to back down from our fearless predictions for this Samford game. Who wants to get started? Oh, boy. 
I'll, I'll get started. Um, I think we look very sluggish. And I think the, I think the, the biggest bright spot of the day will be Damian Pierce. I think Damian Pierce is going to run us hard. I think Damian Pierce has had a good season. He's had a really I, good season. He's shown me a lot this season. And I think Dan Mullen... Being limited at I think Dan Mullen... I, I, there's been a lot of chatter in the in the media realm of, of the Florida Gator media realm that Damian Pierce has, has been extraordinarily productive and his, I think it's a six-yard average this year, and yet he is just not getting the volume Malik that he deserves. Starts over, man. He's starting, but he's but he there's he's just splitting time with two other guys. Right. No, Malik is starting, I'm saying. Oh, okay. Damian Pierce Malik, has Malik 61 started. carries through nine games. Yeah, what is, what's his average, you know? You have 6.1? Yes, yeah, so exactly. 61 carries, 6.1-yard average. He needs to get the ball more. And I think this is the type of game where, especially early on, Dan's going to run downhill with Damian Pierce. So I think Damian Pierce goes over, like, 120 yards in this game, probably scores a couple times, and he kind of just is the difference. And then AR will come in. I, Emory will start. But AR really? will. Yeah. yeah, I think, I think he will. Is I it confirmed? You know? No, 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 I think he will. I, I can't, I mean, I, there's, I can't confirm it, what the situation is right now. I, I don't think even Dan I mean, knows I mean, who's going to start. I don't think it matters to them it, who starts. But I think they're both going to play. And I think, maybe AR, sir, I don't know. But we'll see what happens. But um, I'll go f- Florida 34, Sanford 20. What? Yeah. What? That no, was like way too casual to yeah. have a score that close. No, that, that, that was way too casual of an explanation. Score points. What? Yeah, that seems. You, you might not be wrong. You think we're only going to score thirty four? Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think. It came out like I you were going to say like a uh, like a forty. Yeah, it came out like you were going to be like, all right, yeah, like forty three to seven. Like, no, I don't. I I was just saying what the bright spots are going to be. They're going to be playing negatives, plenty. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we're at in 2021. I, I would be happy with 34 Big Will Levinson is just saying we're only going to beat Sanford by 14 points. Nah, hey, hey, why would I expect anything more? What has, Big Will is probably I've the most positive nothing, out of the three. I have seen nothing from this team in the last three weeks, and I and I, I can only imagine it's getting worse from a care standpoint. Sanford's going to care way more than we are. At the end of the day, AR, Damian Pierce, Marcus Burke, they're going to out-athlete Sanford, and that's going to be the difference, and that's why we're going to score 14 more points than they are. But I don't believe it's going to – why should I believe this is going to be one of those – why – this is not going to be Idaho 56 nothing. Why should I believe that? I have seen nothing that can tell me this is – better teams in the past have done that to bad teams. This isn't a Florida team that's going to just obliterate anybody right now. So, 34-20, you take a 14-point win. Why not? Okay. <laughs> well, a few points. I guess I'll start off with your um, – take that that the care has even become less for our team because i would disagree i think firing grantham and hevesy if anything probably improved the care of this team because a couple things have come out this week a couple articles and tweets from players that have indicated that they didn't like playing for todd or, or john hevesy the both were kind of tough to play for you know hard to get along with a-holes for lack of a better term and i guess with a little bit of a tangent like you know, pe- people praising Dan for finally making these firings. If anything, seeing the players not really bat an eye, not not no one, no one really going to bat. No tweets. You know, man, we're gonna miss you, coach. The you know the, the quotes coming out from players and anonymous sources about how tough to get along with, how how um, you know toxic they were to work with. Taking that long to fire those guys is an indictment of Dan. I don't oh, think we yeah. should be praising him for it. Uh, the, when you're talking about that, like the, the best image, leaders are proactive, not reactive. The image that keeps going on in my mind is that last game 
against FSU when the players on the field, Will Muschamp's last game against FSU, and the players stayed on the field, they held him up, they hugged him. They, you could tell that that they were sad to see him leave. No, 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 none, none of Hevesy's offensive linemen are sad that he left. None of Grantham's. None of Grantham's they players are going to bat. They don't give a single f. No, they don't give a shit. Oh, whatever. What's your prediction? Damian Pierce, by the way, has been a, a, a propaganda piece for Mullen this week <laughs> with some of the things he said. But um, <laughs> 38 to 10, Gators. Um, I'm not even going to explain it. I'm just going to go 42-14. I think we'll score points. Anthony can move the ball. Yeah, he gave me, yeah. I don't care how bad LSU's defense was you, that week okay, we played them. They've got a hell of a lot more talent than Sanford, and, and AR made it look absolutely effortless moving it up and down the field against LSU. Over, so. under, half an interception for Florida. Over. 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 Oh, oh, come on. Come on. We can't Save go it. a game without throwing an interception. You yeah, crazy? All right, so over under one and a half interceptions. Over. I would still take the over. Mm. I think Anthony and Emery just don't care at this point. They're yeah. Now, Anthony's going to make some very Anthony's gonna make the dumbest throws. He is going it to make matter. the dumbest plays that are going to look better than anything we've ever seen in our life. I, I, I have high hopes for Anthony Richardson. That's a, fair, that, uh, that's a fair take. Oh, speaking of high hopes, I hope you didn't get your hopes up for my lock of the week last week. I don't even know if it hit, actually, but... My picks. Do you though, remember what it was? Or it was UTSA. It was Utah. the over in the. U- Let me just look up and see if it even did hit. The over. Yeah. But what I will I say is, I hope you listened to my. Picks yeah, I think, for the I think UFC it definitely did hit. It was four. Yeah, it definitely hit. I went five and zero. Oh Your lock hit, the by the way. Like, oh, my lock like hit. Clearly, it was forty. It was a. 53 was the over under, and the I'll final score was 44 23. Maybe I'm starting to reverse my fate because I went five and zero oh with my picks. For the UFC card. Now, if we're talking about units, I had a bad Sunday, so I don't really want to get into that. But let's, we're going to try and make you guys some money as we always do this week. With hold on, hold on. Just, Alabama is minus 51 and a half this week. They're playing New Mexico State. They'll probably minus 51 and a half. But I'm going to start it off like with my lock of the week. In 2020, there was one team that I would throw into my parlay each and every week and be like, they will cover with ease. They will. I never had a doubt in my mind that this team would cover, partially because of their head coach, who is none other than the man we talked about earlier in this podcast, Jeff Halfley of Boston College. Boston College is back in full force with Phil Jerkovic coming back yes, last sir. week my God, from Tim. injury. I'm going to pick Boston College uh, money a, line against Georgia Tech. They're they're plus two. Jeff right Collins money come home to UF. They're an underdog against they're Georgia an Tech. Underdog with Phil. Oh my plus god, yeah, it's my lock of the week. Too. I, I was going to look for that. I also, that. yeah, yeah. If you're going to take a bet this week, please take Boston College. Please plus take two. Boston College. They are my favorite team to bet on in all of college. Yeah, now that is Phil a, is very underrated. Phil is, he is so a great This week he's got to be. What is Vegas doing right now? Why is it minus two? They're really focused about this Penn State Michigan game. Why? But why is Georgia Tech favored by two points? The Penn State Michigan. Michigan line, I'd say, is, is good, actually. I wouldn't touch that. The Penn State-Michigan line, isn't it like four and a half? It, it just feels like Michigan's going to go blow their season before they even get the chance to play Ohio yeah. State. I, yeah. I really think Penn State's going to win that game. Yeah, I agree. I think a, Penn State wins that game. Yeah, no, well, they, 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 they know they're doing um, There's a couple that I looked at. I wanted to to um, to just talk a little bit about the Notre Dame-Virginia game because Brennan Armstrong is so much fun to watch, though... I'm not really going to touch the spread in that game because Notre Dame probably will win. Um, the one that stuck out to me was was Miami as a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Florida State. They are on a four-game win streak over Florida State, who's only three and six this season, and they're only three and six against the spread. Um, you know, it's funny. One of the FSU talking heads on Twitter came out with a thread today about how we may only have three wins this season, but 
there's some improvement in year two, and I, I just think that's so funny how they're talking themselves into mid-major Mike. Um, yeah, okay. In, in keep them, yeah. They're at FSU loses to Miami this week. The Tyler Van Dyke train rolls on. Man, Manny probably saves his job, I imagine, if they finish out 8-4. Yeah, you have to give Manny another chance. Yeah, I, think, I mean, most of their losses, think, other than the Bamba one, were close, too. Since they've been playing the young guys, like... Leonard Taylor and yes, James Tyler Williams is an absolute Tyler Van Dyke scares me. James Williams, the, Miami fantastic. has had crucial improvement. You have to let Manny come back and improve on that. You have to let him build on what you see right now. Because if I'm a Miami fan, I'm excited. Now, I, thing, I know though. Miami fans who are excited about they Tyler are excited. Van Dyke. Yeah, they're very excited. It, it, uh, apparently, M- Miami would fire um, Manny for for only one of two guys right now. And that's Mario or Lane Kiffin. So if there's a way to you fire him for Lane, sort of sort of. You know, go behind the scenes and, and, and talk to those guys' agents. It, if you have assurance that Mario or Lane would come, then I think absolutely. I don't fire. know if Lane would go to Miami over Ole Miss. I think he would. I think he loves South Florida, man. Miami's really not as great as a job as it sounds like. It's really difficult. Yeah, you know, I was talking to a friend, uh, a close friend. You have friend to have the personality for it, though. He said I think that Lane he does. knows someone well respected in the industry who was offered the job of director of player personnel for Miami, and he didn't take it because. Let's be honest. Their stadium is forty-five minutes away, so it's hard to give a full campus tour. It, it just presents limitations, especially since guys like Saban and Dabo are dipping into your home field every single week and taking your top talent. I mean, Miami isn't as much of a draw of a job as it once was, and I don't know if Lane would Ole Miss is really that much of a Ole Miss to Miami is really that much of an upgrade. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know if it's that much job wise. I think personality wise, it could because if there's anyone who I could just see. Rolling up to all the seven-on-seven camps, you know, after spending the morning deep-sea fishing and the previous night out partying on South Beach. I think I think it's Lane Kiffin. Oh, I just think he'd be a perfect be fishing fit on Lake to Wahlberg. be. Oh, man. <laughs> but um, anyway, Miami minus two and a half. Slam it. Screw the Knolls. Canes are going to win. All right. Tall guy. <laughs> oh, boy. I am going through the lines here just... We're just trying to find it's something. hard. It like is it's very hard, hard for a reason. Yeah. Very hard. I will mention that last week my lock of the week was UNC minus two and a half. It was some scary times that oh, they did win God, by three I points. You. I was so angry. Why? I just wanted Wake Forest to win. They were my team. Well, my, Gators aren't worth the crap anymore. Wait. Um, I was better. I, was, I found the Wake Forest game. I just lost it. Wake to the playoff. Rip. Wait, Wake is playing NC State. Oh, That'll be just, a good game. That is actually number twelve versus number sixteen. A big time ranked matchup that just doesn't. Yeah, really there have, you go. Doesn't That's, have the luster of a twelve so versus picked, sixteen picked game a, normally. Yeah, I but picked it against is. Wake Wake last week. Night game in Wake Forest. They're minus two. Give me Wake Forest minus two. Lock of the week. All right, that's Wake Forest offense. That place They're coming is going to be rocking. Place going to be rocking. They're coming back. For a great week of college football. It really is. I don't it even really know is. what week it is now. Week 11. It's week 11? It's 11-11 today, and we it's week four, 11. Got four weeks left. But a lot of ones. Let's just talk about some of these big games before we leave the pod today. Let's start out with a great matchup, a crucial matchup in the Big 12. Number four, Oklahoma taking on number 18. Isn't Oklahoma? What is Oklahoma? 13. Oklahoma is. Oh, 18th. uh, Oklahoma's eighth. This is the eighth. eighth It's a little weird. Eighth ranked Oklahoma versus 13th ranked Baylor. Let's start by talking about that game a little bit. Oklahoma has looked like a completely different team with Caleb Williams in, but the committee is clearly not respecting them due to close calls with teams like Kansas and Tulane. This is a huge game for the Sooners. 
They have to win. If they want to make the college football playoff, oh, yeah. this is a game you have to win. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Baylor, this is a huge game for Dave Aranda and the Baylor program because you go out and beat at Oklahoma, Oklahoma's sailing off to the SEC their next season or the season after that. You can show a changing of the guard in the Big 12. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think this is this is going to be such a fascinating game. And um, I, it just – Oklahoma and Caleb Williams in, in a very difficult environment. Was it two years ago? Um, yeah, McLean ba- Stadium is no joke. It is a good Yeah, that right. Oklahoma-Baylor game two years ago was, was one electric. of the – was oh, one of the Yes, that was the last awesome. time. It was Matt Rule, of course, yes, the 28-3. 28-3, they blew 28-3 to three. I can see the game being the similar to that game. in the idea – a fun game. I don't know if that Baylor was going to have 28-3 and blow it, but I think – No. Oh, was it really 28 It was 28-3. Yikes. What have we heard about? <laughs> Never seen that one before. No, I think um, I think Baylor is leading throughout the entire first first three quarters. I think they're probably up 31-28 to go to the fourth. And then I think Oklahoma uh, Oklahoma really starts to dominate in the fourth quarter. I think they win. I don't know. I'll go yeah. Oklahoma. I think the town of Caleb Williams will just be too Yes, yes. And I think he'll make the plays. But Baylor needs to come Oklahoma out Oklahoma just, they just, they just find a way to escape. That's been the story of Lincoln Riley. You could come out and compete with Baylor or even, I mean, compete with Oklahoma or even beat them. That's huge for If you're for Dave Aranda, you have the easiest Dave Aranda's done an incredible job. Go to job. any Texas recruit, say, when Oklahoma and Texas leave, the Big 12 will be ours. You will have a chance to go play in the college football playoff every single season because we will be a Power 5 conference champion. Yeah, that, they'll, they'll be if the best. If college football is still formatted in that way by then. Baylor-Oklahoma State is a will big game battle for, for that conference. It is. It's a really big game for Baylor. You can't understand it. With that being said, I'm still going to take Oklahoma. I just think Caleb Williams With the points, five and a half? Yeah, I think Caleb Williams mm-hmm. will be too much at the end of the game. Yeah, 41, yeah. I'll go 41 31 Oklahoma. Those are good picks. Sounds yeah. like a great game. That's a, it is an interesting, oh, the big noon kickoff. It is an interesting point you make, though, about Baylor. Like, because Dave Aranda, even if they keep it closer, they, they get a, you know, a 10 win season, you know, 9 and 4, 10 and 3. He's going to be in the running for some big jobs, as I talked about a couple weeks ago. I think USC is going to take a look at him. But a very interesting point. You're in Texas, it's fertile recruiting ground. If he sticks around, they certainly could be the main player. That Baylor TCU rivalry could really make a huge resurgence. Oh, and I would love you know, that. That was with, that was peak you know, college football. Billy Napier or Deion Sanders oh. or one of those one of those fun names coaching TCU. Trayvon Boykin versus Bryce Petty. Versus Bryce that Petty. is peak college football. Uh, the 2014 game. 2013. 61-58. That was good times. Phenomenal college football. But yeah, Oklahoma's been sleepwalking a little bit. This feels like the spot where a lot of people are going to pick them to you know. Hey, they struggle against bad teams. You know, this is the week they're going to lose. I tend to look at these types of games the opposite way. I think, you know, going on the road, the big noon kickoff against a ranked team finally, I think actually wakes them up. You know, Lincoln Riley shuts down the uh, leaving for Baton Rouge rumors. Caleb Williams has a huge game, and uh, I think they, they win and cover. That's a big game, but it's not even the biggest game of the week because we have a huge game over in the Big Ten that will be big for deciding the Big Ten East standings towards the end of the season. Michigan is traveling to Happy Valley, the second whiteout of the year, the big noon kickoff, Michigan versus Penn State. This is a must win for both teams if they want to have any aspirations of competing. Well, Penn State's already out of the college football playoff, but any aspirations of being a New Year's Six Bowl, this is a huge game for both teams. Either of you guys, what are you thinking about this game, Michigan versus Penn State? I think that the noon slate, the noon spot has made such a resurgence this year, and I just love it. Oh, Remember yeah, when you so could just true. skip so watching college games. football at noon? Noon's been like the spot every it's week. It's been I the love spot. It. That's what I think. But yeah, That's crazy. Um, 
That must be when they get peak viewership. They must get peak viewership at noon. Yeah, because, well, it, it, historically, Saturday night ratings are, it's the worst night for TV is Saturday night because people are out doing things. Saturday noon is probably better ratings than Saturday afternoon. Well, yeah, Saturday people night. in the people middle of their day around that. Right, that's, yeah. well, do you know what the best night for ratings are? Monday. Monday. Sunday night. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. That is the best day. But then Saturday night's the worst. So, you know, it makes Monday's sense. Monday's good, too. Monday's Monday good. Right, Monday's number two, for sure. Yeah, but, yeah. but um, yeah, well, my pick for Michigan, Michigan State the other week when I picked him to win was sort of centered around um, Cade McNamara silencing some of the doubters and having a game. And he certainly did, but they blew it anyway, which was kind of disappointing for me. I made it my locker <laughs> week. But, um, God, the spread's one and a half here. I think Michigan's the more talented team overall. I think uh, I, I like their running backs better than the Penn State running backs. Corum and Haskins, hell of a duo. Um, Harbaugh's done a pretty good job this season. They're eight and one. You know, like he, he's done what what uh, you know some Florida fans think Mullen can do, which is fire your entire staff, bring in new guys, and then be a better coach all of a sudden. And I think they win. I think they cover. I think they go into the Ohio State game. 10-1 and one solely so that Harbaugh can have Ohio State ruin his hopes and dreams once again. I'm going to make two I, predictions It for just sets game. up for that. I'm going to make two predictions. Number one, Penn State will win this football game. And number two, this will be the last whiteout that James Franklin ever coaches at Happy Valley. I mean, that, that, that is a good prediction. That is a, if, there's any, if there's anything to bet on in this game, it's that James Franklin won't be there next year. It's not a lock. No, no honestly, not, not if I'm USC. Not a lock. And if Aranda can go and beat Oklahoma... I would almost maybe rather, I don't want to say rather, but you might be able to get more of a bang for your buck with Dave Aranda. I, right now, yeah. I don't love James Franklin. Dave Aranda is a really good recruiter. We can't forget that. Is he? At LSU, he's one of their top recruiters. Dave Aranda, yeah. I don't know. I've, I've heard that he's sort of the more quiet, cerebral type and that he's not a big personality. James Franklin's just a name, right? Like, uh, he's he just a name. seems like you, also you put James Franklin into USC and you're going to land all the top guys You see James Franklin sitting he's in his name. recliner at home on his iPad, watching tape on his iPad. Like, I just... That's my image of James Franklin. It always has been. I think the Penn State job's getting a little stale for him, is what I think. I agree. I think he's just I been there for too long. I think if offered the USC job, he bolts for it. In he would definitely take it. He yeah. had McSorley. He had Barkley. Like, what, what else is he going to accomplish there? Go retire in LA. No problem with that. It's a better job. I can't complain with What's that. What's there in Happy Valley? It's a better job and it's a better place to live. Yeah, like, I would rather yeah. What's your prediction for this game, by the way, Big Will? Michigan, Penn State. Um, I think Penn State wins the football game. So I think one, it's. I know. I agree. I just think. One. I just think it's time. I think Michigan. I, again, I just see Michigan. This is a great chance for them, man. They got. They just. Jim Harbaugh loses these games, unfortunately. Does, it's going to be a does. tough environment. It's going to be such a. Michigan's a better team. Absolutely, Michigan's a better team. That's and why I picked them. This yeah. game. I mean, have you watched Michigan this year? They're, they're a good great football team. football team. Penn State's had a lot of close calls against teams that Michigan's blown out. Oh, absolutely. Indiana. Yeah. Games in Ann Arbor. They don't even think it's close. But That's I just, a good point. That's a good point. I just think I, I, Michigan just they have a chance this year to really make the beat Ohio State. They're going to play at Ann Arbor, and they can make the playoff, and then obviously going to win the Big Ten championship. But man, I just I just think Penn State's going to grind again. They're going to be they don't they're not great running the ball this year, but I think they're able to run the football at least a little bit, and they're going to just stop that run. They're going to make Cade McNamara beat him with beat him with beat them with their with his arm. And while he's had a pretty solid year, he's been been an above average quarterback, a game manager, really. I think that he makes mistakes in this game in a tough environment, and he makes a big turnover late in a very close game. So I'll take Penn State 
20 to 16. All right, that sounds like a pretty realistic score. We're not going to fully break down this game, but I just want to ask you guys before we move on, does Purdue do it again this week against Ohio State? No, no but they cover. They, Ohio they, State is beating is anyone by yeah, 21. Yeah, I think they'll cover, yeah. All right, but the biggest game in the SEC this week, a team that looks like it might be the best team in the SEC West, Texas A&M, is going to Ole Miss. I'm just going to start it off. I think A&M wins this game with ease. I think A&M's defense is going to smother Ole Miss. They're so much more talented. Very good point. What did I say last week about the Texas A&M-Auburn game? What's the spread on that game? It's a minus 2.5 A&M. I will be taking minus 2.5 Yeah. What did I say last week about the A&M-Auburn game? Dude alert. My God, they've got a dude at every position A&M does. Yeah, I was naive to take Auburn. I got a little excited. In they the are excited. so damn talented, and they're only looking to you know, improve. Uh, all, all those crystal balls rolling in this week for AM. They've got so much recruiting momentum. My goodness. Um, yeah, Jimbo is doing a great job. I think I think that... Matt Carrock could next... insert himself back into the Heisman talk, though, if he can somehow carry his team over that AM defense. Well, the Heisman's just, wide open just an now that Michigan State lost last week. Wrinkle. Yeah, no, if Matt Carrock yeah. has a big game, then I think he's right back in the Heisman race. But, no, I think what, what's going on in A&M is, at College Station, is just, you gotta love it if you're an A&M fan and the way that Jimbo is carrying that program. Jimbo is... Really, truly, he's not only just a good head coach, he's just a great runner of a program. He just knows. I think he's one of the best. He's right there he with. He's a top five coach. Right the there country, with Nick Saban. And, well, no, I'm mean, sorry, it's good things. But right there with, you know, Dabo and just and being able to control all I the would put aspects. Him number three. I would go Saban, Dabo, Jimbo Fisher. I agree. In terms of just controlling all the aspects of a program. Then I'd probably go Ryan Day for. When it, exactly. When it comes to running a being a college football head coach, it's more than just being a football coach. There are so many things that go yeah, into it from dealing with the UAA, dealing with the dealing with recruiting and the boosters and and the, the suit, everything that goes into it. I think Jimbo really truly is one of the best at doing that. The recruiting, you can see the momentum that he's that he's got there. And that I just think this game is going to be one and lost at the line of scrimmage, and I think that it's going to be an absolute dominant performance by DeMarvin Leal and that front seven of Texas A&M, which has been just so damn good these last few weeks, and it's just getting better and better. And I, I, it's going to be a low-scoring game. Like, and, and these are two teams that can score points, but I just think A&M's offense is that good. And, and Ole Miss has a pretty good defense as well, and I don't think Zach Calzada is going to be Gonna have a great game or any of that. I just think they'll run the ball, control the clock, mm-hmm. and I'll I'll take uh, A and M twenty four thirteen. Twenty four to thirty. I would go. I would go twenty four to to twenty. I think Ole Miss keeps it a little close with Corral, but I mean, honestly, regardless of the score, I do think A and M covers. And how great is it to have the SEC West like fully back? Who's the worst team in the SEC West? Is it LSU? Is it Mississippi State? And that division is, is back to like probably LSU. LSU. mid twenty tens levels when that division was just every so one damn good. Div- every team there's a top fifteen matchup in this division every, every single week. week. Every yeah. week. It's it fantastic. Is, it is crazy. I'm it's great so glad we're not in there. We would be the uh, crappiest team in the whole. Oh, without even question. Without even, well, right now, was full, are we? It's us and Vanderbilt, two worst teams in the conference. And Missouri. Hopefully, we can beat Missouri. Finish fifth. We'll see, but I love it. Uh, there's yeah, just we'll see. and Kirk and Chris are going to be calling that one too. Yeah, man, that's oh, cool. I love that. It's just love everything that. surrounding this game. Well, screams we'll see great on game. Saturday. Yeah, it's a, a night ESPN game, yeah. game day. Hopefully, it is going to be the quite the atmosphere there in Oxford. But and I've been watching Ole Miss games this season too. Game days in Oxford. The second half of the year, just to it watch. Is in Oxford. I just again, I just think the difference yeah, I've, in I've this been game. Watching a little bit. I just think the difference in this game, like this is this is a great game for the road team to win despite a big environment because the, the way that A&M plays defense, the way they can run the football, the way they can control the clock. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And that's the big difference. So I think I think they get a defensive touchdown. That's that's the play that puts it over the top. It could be a 17-13 game late. It's the defensive touchdown like we saw last week against Auburn that really just puts them over the top. Not to mention their quarterback, Zach Calzada, is... He's well. the Scott Sterling of, of college football. He's he, just, I mean, every week you this kid is getting carried off the field, and yeah, then he's no, just he's, back out there like yeah, two no, plays later. Crazy. I mean, he he's he's a, really he's a football guy. He's a tough against uh, against Auburn, he he really hurt his shoulder. It looked it looked pretty bad. He put his shoulder down against Smoke Monday, which you just should not do, especially when your backup is a walk on, being the third string after Haynes King got hurt. The crowd was silent. You know, Blake boasts the uh, the walk on runs out. You know, it looks like Calzada is going to be out for the game. He can barely, you know, he's holding his shoulder. He can barely stand up straight. Two plays later, he's back in. It's just phenomenal. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Hopefully, we see a phenomenal performance from our Florida Gators Saturday. No guarantees, though, as we know the nature of Gators football. But for all of us here at the Won't Back Down podcast, we have any parting words? Um, please, please start to it tonight. Dolphins, just start to I just, just please start to Thank you. We're gonna get killed. Max Holloway, the best is blessed. Fighting again Saturday, gonna kick Yair Rodriguez's ass. Next move, Conor McGregor, title shot against Volkanovski. Who knows? One of my favorite fighters in mixed martial arts is fighting this Saturday, so I'm excited. Scott Strickland, I just, I, I, I want assurance that you know you're here, and 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 we're getting you know all of you to to. Make the make a decision on on what to do with the head coach. Well, I just want his full energy and effort. The only decision more, that more has so been than made he did in the in the new is that situation. we won't back down no matter how hard this football season has been. And trust me, it's been oh, hard. It's been so For all hard. Us here it at WBD, so I'm Sam Petosa along with my good friends Jake Lehman and Big Will Levinson. Hope you all have a great weekend. Go Gators! Spins up. Thank you for listening to the Won't Back Down podcast with Will Levinson, Sam Patosa, and Jake Lehman, a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network.